welcome to Simple Theology, a podcast connecting theology to everyday life by examining various doctrines of the Christian faith. Mm, I'm Robert Kane. And I'm Rick Gromlich. How you doing, baby? Sweetheart, I'm doing great. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for the kind (laughs) words. Doing well. Uh, back in the studio, back in the saddle. Always a pleasure. Mm, how is that saddle? Is that comfy? Is yeah. that a nice? Is that I Western mean, style? It's English. Mm, um, nice for us high highbrow folks. Yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> it's a folded chair with cushions. So Ayo. I consider that English style. Black fold-up chair with cushion. <laughs> <laughs> my chair has wheels on it. Yeah. So I don't know what feeling it's pretty like, high. It's like a carriage. Right <laughs> this is this is my carriage. <laughs> It's so, good. so we're here, we're recording, and the uh, the babies are sleeping. Mm, Got to be quick. <laughs> yeah, Rick Rick and uh, Candace came down to Columbus because Candace and Danielle are going to the Columbus Coffee Festival. Yep, yep. Which I didn't realize there was one. I wish I could have gone to All that thing. Years. But I feel like, like I'm not full-fledged coffee snob, but I appreciate good coffee more so than Danielle. And you're the one not going. And I'm not going. She's like, well, She's like, what's nice is that they give you a mug. And then they have washout stations to wash out your mug, and they have cream and sugar stations. I'm like, you are not if they have putting cream, cream and, sugar. and sugar in that. She's like, I'll probably put cream in it. I'm like, no, like that yeah. totally misses so, the point. So they were. So Danielle, you guys know Danielle and Candace, or if you've been listening long enough, they are cousins. Mm. Um, and Candace's sister lives in Cincinnati, and she invited them. Said, Hey, let's yep. get this coffee fest- festival together. So that's why they're all there. Ditched Rob and myself. I'm not too heartbroken about it, but... We hey, got our own coffee. We got our own coffee. It's, uh, Thanks, Nick Keurig. Kroger K-Cups. Mm. Mm. Thanks, old K-Roger. Good old K-Roger. Always pulling through for us. <laughs> yes. So, Rob, what's new? What's new in your world? Uh, work is crazy, and coming to the end of my first class, first class of the semester, which means after this class is like tomorrow i've got to finish my final which is a big long thing however by the time this drops is there anything I sh- I you want me to done. do with that like all the other finals you have you have the work is there any work you want me to do this time uh yeah no nah, i mean i might, I might throw a couple things your way okay well just give yeah. me a heads up because i've always started every <laughs> final you say rick's, rick's always done my vinyls for write me write this uh-huh. paper <laughs> <laughs> not true guys no rob um, rob has worked really really hard to finish his master's and um, I'm telling you, man, I see the fruit. Like, Rob's throwing out terms and stuff, and I'm like, man, what does that even mean? Um, yeah, so. you can figure out those without without going to seminary. However, yeah, however. Yeah, but at least there's something for all that money and time. There, that's right. <laughs> at least it sounds smart every now and then. Um, but after this one class I'm getting ready to finish, I only have one class left. So by God's grace, yeah. Lord willing, I will be done in December. And we will we will celebrate. <sighs> we're going we're gonna to celebrate big for that. Yes, um, and by celebrate big means we'll probably like watch a football game and no like no like legit we need to have we need to get people over we need to get food we need to hang out that's that's something worth celebrating dude if you want to celebrate we, me I'll take it no it's it's your work paying off we as a culture do not celebrate well I think especially as Christians and that's something that's worth celebrating it's worth spending a little money a little cachiche getting some good grub hanging out making some plans man so you plan that, buddy. I'll show up. There's my motivation <laughs> to finish. <laughs> you plan it. <laughs> hey, guys, come to my party. Yeah, I finished. Finished my classes. Rob, so, Rob, you threw a party for me one time. I forgot all yeah, about this. Yeah. When I was, was it licensing for, for the district or was it? I think it was just your birthday. Well, then you threw multiple parties for me. You threw me a party at your house. 
Remember that yeah. time? Mm-hmm. Rob did. Rob and some friends, probably mostly Rob, pitched in and bought me an iPad Mini, which was like super, super. Generous. At the time, we're all like in college, so this was a big deal for us. Some of you guys well, are like, really, an iPad Mini? Come no, on! I mean, that's still like that's a lot of. That's not like, hey, here's twenty bucks. Like, twenty bucks is usually like the threshold for but, birthday. But we did guess. like the whole package thing, where you open one box yes. that's really big. Yeah. And then there's a smaller box. And what, what would we do? I don't know. It was like six there's or seven several. of these boxes. Then we got to the bottom. You're like, oh, yeah, you guys really got me an and iPad. And I could not believe it. I was like, like what? Yeah, you did. I started crying. It was just. You cried? No. I was about to say, geez. <laughs> no, but it's very sweet. No, but I think when <laughs> I f- finished, it might have been my licensing. You did something at the NAS, at the PSU. You just you had a little scissors pizza or something. It was something oh, small, like, just, but, it, but it, was, it was like a nice, like, hey, congratulations. Yeah. So. Who, who was the guy who wrote that list about things that men don't do? Dude, or like think, 99 things to some, some, something bad Rick something? True. I don't know. Charles? I don't know. Charles? But he would not be happy that you cried over an iPad mini. Tell him to come fight me. Even though you didn't. Fight me, bro. Yeah. Come at me. <laughs> fight me, bro. <laughs> come at me, bro. <laughs> you mad, bro? Yeah. <laughs> Those days. Yes. Uh, anyway, well, cool. I'm glad that you are finishing up the school stuff. That's thank you. Dude, I'm telling you, pumped. Yeah, um, looking forward. We're to gonna it. start putting out three episodes a week. Stop. Once I- <laughs> <laughs> oh <my goodness. laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding. Quality that, will go down. Not that yes. the quality is terribly high, but <laughs> no, quality will go down worse. It, it's gonna be great. Uh, cool. Well, we are trying to enjoy fall as a family, um, but we're struggling with that currently because Why are you struggling with that? Um, it's like. 85 and 90 oh outside. yeah we went dude we went apple picking today yeah super stoked to go apple picking like beautiful we try to go morning. at the end of september every year and we go up to utica legend hills orchard it's a legend there mm, it is a legend <laughs> <laughs> we so we go we pick apples and finley had a great time got a yeah, bunch of pictures right. with that that was awesome sweet with your new the new camera new yeah new phone. yeah 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 um and so the pictures came out good we were pumped about that but but man, we were just sweating buckets. Like this is ridiculous. I told you Tuesday's the first of October. It's supposed to be ninety one degrees. Which when man. this drops it'll be the second day of October. It should be ninety again. Yeah, it's because it's global warming. Yeah. Global yeah. warming's happening. Al man. Al knew it the whole Al, time. Good old Gore. Man, like Al Gore, so his smart. brother Frank Gore Invent, playing for the Bills. Invented the internet. Is Frank Gore playing for the Bills? Yeah, I have no idea who Frank Gore I don't Gore know. Is. He's a running back. I think he's playing for the Bills. Anyway. Anyway. Um we are not we're not we're, green party. Global warming. Yeah. Oh, for nah, those of you who are from, new to the program, from, from we're, we're messing I around. A, I have a story for off the air for that. Ooh, we're looking forward I'll to that. that one. Um, but just want to remind everyone, we do have a new website up and running. You go to simpletheology.org. We've got a new website. We have some merchandise there. I've got a shirt so far, three-quarter length. Yep. Uh, you can rep- represent. We have T-shirts. We have hats. We have toboggans. Yep. It's getting cold out. Brr, it's getting colder. 90. 91. <laughs> Check it Eventually, out. I think it's going to get think cold. By the time this hits, we'll have some new, uh, some new pictures. I think so. I think um, so. Rob spent the last week just all over the state trying to get selfies of himself from the website. <laughs> so it's <laughs> he wanted one in every county. So. Yeah, that's it. Yep. Trivia question: How many counties are in Ohio? Eighty-eight, Ooh. baby. Mm. I love that. See again, the master's degree. Look at this. <laughs> yeah, that's what they taught me in Louisville, Kentucky, in my <laughs> seminary. <laughs> All right, folks yep. in Ohio. Okay, exactly. Anyway, introduction to New Testament theology. That's, that's what right. Was. 
Speaking of theology, we yes. are a theologically minded podcast. We try to be. We try to take um, Christian doctrine and make sure it's simple enough for, for all of us to understand and really apply to our life. And so, and a part of that, we've been working through the, the confessions yep. and through the, the only three confessions that exist. That's not true. <laughs> only <laughs> ones that are worth their weight. Hey, no. But we've been talking about the abstract of principles, which is Southern Baptist um, School. Theological seminary. Theological seminary. Thank you. Southern Baptist That's, Academic Institution, you know, where they the, teach the learned place about God. <laughs> so we, we're working through that. That's kind of our our, our guidepost, almost our, our our point of reference as we work through the other ones. We're going through yep. also through the New Hampshire, the 1833 New Hampshire, and then yep. the 1689 London Baptist Confession, which Rob always reminds you is pretty much a carbon copy mm. of the 1647 Westminster Confession. Yeah, it's just a better version of the Westminster. So Presbyterians says, out there so are not happy the that Baptist. I said that. But anyway, but sorry for telling the truth. Um, <laughs> so we're just kind of working through these things, and today we are talking about mediator. Um, now we're we talking about like a court case mediator. Or like there's a fight, you know? Yeah. Like you, because people do that. They hire mediators. Oh yeah. Um, so we're doing. Jerry Springer. I so think, we're talking about. He was a mediator. Mm-hmm. Um, Steve Wilkos. He's got that show. I'm nodding along. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about, but yeah, that, that's what happened. You know Jerry Springer though. Yeah. Like I've, I've heard the name. If I, I probably wouldn't even be able to. You know, Jerry. Jerry. Yeah. Jerry. No. No. I, I, Did I, you, I, I understand. You see the show? Saying. I don't know. Hold on. I'm oh looking my up. gosh. See, any anytime you say Jerry Springer, I think of the guy who did. Um, uh, Cleveland rocks. Cleveland okay, he's from rocks. Cincinnati, actually, trying to run for governor. Um, so Jerry Springer is. Yeah. Jerry he tried Springer. to run. To, he's not right now. Yeah, that's Jerry Springer. I see him. Okay. Yeah, you recognize him? Oh yeah. So he, um, some could say he is a mediator, bringing two different parties out and trying to reconcile. Um, but that's actually completely not true because he's not a mediator. He is just simply someone trying to get people to fight for ratings. So kind of like Maury. Oh yeah. Or Dr. Well, Phil. Well, Doctor Phil Lacks. Doctor Doctor Phil actually has like a doctorate degree. He's actually no, like, he's, I don't think he does. I no. don't think he's an actual doctor. No way. Look, we're getting look we're getting off track. Okay, here, hold on. Well, this is this is off track. Hold so on. Doctor Phil's like is Doctor like, Phil. He's like the highbrow version of this. A real doctor. I'm pretty sure he is. Doctor Phil is not a doctor, but he plays one on TV. <laughs> doctor Phil has the cachet of the doctor moniker at the front of his name, even though he holds a doctorate in psychology and not yeah. a licensed psychologist. Yeah, he's a, yeah. Dr. Phil is not a medical doctor. No, he's a doctor. Just I'm, like, I'm, just, I'm just reading the things here. Okay. Fact check. Is Dr. Phil a doctor? Um, he has a doctoral degree, doctorate degree. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm pretty sure you have to be to be a, a psychologist. Well, maybe his license is, but I don't know. I don't know. Okay, it po- looks like he has a doctorate. Point so, yeah, is, Dr. Phil, highbrow guy, Mari's kind of down. Steve Wilkos, Jerry Springer are kind of towards the bottom of these. Just, Scraping the bottom barrel. Mm, yeah, you can say that. Anyway, they are not mediators because they're not trying to resolve things. They're trying to flare things up. But we're talking about Jesus Christ. Yeah. And he is the ultimate mediator. Yeah. And 1 Timothy 2, 5 says, For there is one God, and there is one mediator mediator between God and man, the man, Jesus Christ. Mm. So Christ is our mediator. He is, um, I wouldn't say a go-between, but he is our mediator between man and Christ, man and God. Yeah. So, so let's hop into this. Let's talk about um, what the what the abstract says, and then what we've been doing is we've been reading the abstract, like Rick said. That's kind of been our um, our starting point, and then we kind of compare what the New Hampshire says, what the London Baptist says, and what the Westminster say. 
all kind of against one another, but we, we don't we don't cover everything that's in the Westminster and everything that's in the London Baptist because those have so much material. So like the abstract in New Hampshire, they've got like a paragraph for each of these subjects. The London Baptist and the Westminster have entire chapters with subsections. So I think there's 10 subsections in the London Baptist for this one. And I want to say there's probably 10. No, it looks like there's eight for the Westminster. So there's there's a lot. Now, now you would say that because the Westminster is first, right? Yeah. So there's an element where sometimes I think about this, and it's like the Baptists were like, okay, we gotta, we'll got we match them. Like we, we'll, we're just as like heady and like academic as they are. We'll, we'll put out a confession just as like robust and long. And so they just let, let, let the Presbyterians do all the hard work exactly. and then say, well, <laughs> that's pretty nice. Every like, third line, change two words. <laughs> yeah, we disagree like here and here. All right, let's submit it. Yeah. <laughs> we're done. Publish it. Um, yeah, basically. So it's better. Anyway, the... Uh, Abstract says this about Mediator. Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, is the divinely appointed mediator between God and man. Having taken upon himself human nature, yet without sin, he perfectly fulfilled the law, suffered and died upon the cross for the salvation of sinners. He was buried and rose again the third day and ascended to his Father, at whose right hand he ever liveth to make intercession for his people. He is the only mediator, the prophet, priest, and king of the church, and sovereign of the universe. Come on. Come on. Come on. Nicely done. Abstract. No abstract. That's good. Yes. Um, I, I really like the part where it says, He was buried and rose again on the third day, and ascended to his Father, at whose right hand he ever liveth to make intercession for his people. So there's this element where the atonement of Christ for his people on the cross was a moment in time, and our regeneration from death to life is also a moment in time. But Christ's job as mediator, his work, is continuous. He's, he's still interceding for us yeah. on our behalf to the Father. Yep. He is the only mediator, it says, the prophet, priest, and king, which, and the Christ, which we did an episode on those, yep. those offices of Christ, and sovereign of the universe. And that's an office, a position he will hold for all eternity. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I'm going to read the definition out of the Baker Compact Old Dictionary Baker. of Theological Terms. I know you had it open there, and we weren't going to read it, but I just I just skimmed it real quick, and I, that's good. it looks like it's really good. So. Yeah. If it ends up being bad, that's because I didn't read all of it, but it looks promising. So let's go for it. Let's read it. Here we go. Here's what Greg Allison says for definition of mediator. One who acts as an intermediary to restore peace between conflicting parties. In terms of salvation, there is one God and there is one mediator between God and men, God and men, the man Jesus Christ, who gave himself as a ransom for all, which you just read in 1 Timothy 5 through 6. Because of human sinfulness, enmity characterizes the relationship between God and people. To rescue them, Jesus shed his blood as a ransom, died as their substitute, removed the liability for them to suffer punishment, and assuaged the divine wrath against them. Accordingly, he acted as mediator, removing enmity and restoring peace between God and them. 
great definition. I'm not sure if I said assuaged right or assuaged. I think it's assuaged. Assuaged. But that's a guess. That's like a I don't know. Guess. You guys get what we're saying. But strong you can definition. Say it with a French accent. But one of the things that we want to cover when it comes to mediator is this idea of who Jesus is. So we could do an entire an entire like series on who Jesus is. So we're just going to like really condense this real quick. But Jesus is oftentimes called the God man. Mm-hmm. Jesus, and this might sound this might sound controversial, but don't don't freak out before actually hearing me out. Jesus Oh my gosh. I know. <laughs> is not eternal. However, the son of God is eternal. Okay. What? So the Son of God has existed for all eternity within the Trinity, but okay. the man Jesus was born into the world. He took on the Son of God took on human flesh mm-hmm. and received the name Jesus. Okay. So there is in the man Jesus one hundred percent man mm-hmm. and one hundred percent God. There's a heresy that says he's only 50% man and 50% God. There's other heresies that say, like, he was man, but he, or he was uh, God, but he appeared to be a man. He wasn't actually a man. Um, but and that would be the heresy. I think Nestorianism. See, this is, this guy in his degree. We were talking about it beforehand, um, but that did make me smile, so thanks for the encouragement. Anyways, the, um, the fact is that if Jesus is not 100% man— then he cannot be the mediator for mankind. Right. If he's not completely, if he cannot completely identify with mankind, then he cannot mediate on their behalf to God. He's not one of them. Yeah. yeah. And on the flip side of that coin, mm-hmm. if he is not completely God, 100% God, then he cannot mediate on behalf of God to bring God and man back together. We read that definition. There's enmity between God and man because when God created Adam and Eve, he created them and then they rebelled against him. They sinned. And so therefore sin, which cannot dwell with God, is now the thing that creates enmity, creates division between God and man. And so there has to be somebody to bring them back together. And that person who brings them back together, in order to rightly mediate this peace, he has to be able to represent both parties perfectly. That's right. And that's who Jesus is. 100% man, 100% God. And, and Jesus took on the, the, the form of, of, of a man, mm-hmm. and he has that for eternity. And he doesn't, it's not like he then sheds that and goes back to yeah. his pre-incarnate state. And so I think it's, it's really, like, you don't hear that much. It's good to remember that. Like, it wasn't like, okay... You know, they're all set, the Trinity's up there like, all right, Jesus, you go down, or God, Son of God, you go down, and you'll be Jesus for, you know, 33 years, years yeah. and then everything will be, will be back to normal. No, like, when Jesus prays in, in John 17, he, he says, show them the glory that I had with you before the creation of the world, right? Yeah. But he's not saying, restore me back to who I, to just the way things were. Like, he is the mediator, as it says, for all time now. And it's also good to remember, um, like when Jesus came to be our mediator, it wasn't just, hey, come down, die on a cross, you know, bite the bullet, humble yourself for, for your crucifixion, or for the three years of ministry. I mean, it was yeah. God come in the form of a, of a, of a babe, of a baby, of yeah. and a child. Yep. And it, like for, for years and years, be humbled. And, and, and like that is a long time to, to um, not disregard, but to put off 
some of some of that deity in a sense, or the characteristics of those deities, so or the deities, so that you could be the mediator for mankind. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting in the London Baptist Confession under um, sub point four, whatever it says, this office the Lord Jesus did most willingly undertake. And I think sometimes we just think he had to do it because he's the only one, or, or you know, and that's true. But he did it with with willingness. Like he willingly came, humbled himself, and and genuinely loved really difficult people. Yeah. And then died for the sins of all mankind and was crushed by the Father. And he did that willingly. Yeah, yeah, that's a great point. And to support your earlier point about him still having his his body, um, I mean, we see that because he when he was resurrected, he had a glorified body. And so, like, the, him being the first fruit of, of the resurrection, right. like, he, by looking to him, we see what we can look forward to. Yes, that's so, our hope. Yeah, so, Come on. Um, there's a, in section five of this chapter in the London Baptist, which is what, chapter eight, is that what it was? Yeah. So, section five, it says, The Lord Jesus, by his perfect obedience and sacrifice of himself, which he, through the eternal spirit, once offered up unto God, hath fully justified the justice of God, procured, which is a fancy word for purchased, um, procured reconciliation, and purchased an everlasting inheritance in the kingdom of heaven for all those whom the Father hath given unto him. And so one of the things that uh, we see here is that there was a, a um, reconciliation that needed to take place. We needed a mediator, right, between God and man, but there was a price that needed to be paid. And so it's not just that Jesus comes in and is like, all right, let's let's work out a deal here. Like, how can we... No, the price was already there. And Jesus knew the price. God knew the price. And so this plan before, like, before Jesus even came, there was a plan that was set before all eternity, like, that God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, in the perfect unity of the Trinity, had worked out to where the Father sends the Son the Son purchases redemption, and the Holy Spirit works in the lives of the believers. So th- this next point, sub-point six, or whatever we call these things, it talks about, I mean, chapter six of... Or, section. Let's go section. Can we call them sections? Maybe sub-point, whatever, whatever you want. This is your podcast. You, you say whatever you want, baby. Um, I guess just six under chapter whatever <laughs> chapter eight it says although the price of redemption was not actually paid by christ till after his incarnation yet the virtue efficacy and the benefit thereof were communicated to the elect in all ages successfully from the beginning of the world in and by those promises types and sacrifices wherein sounds like a, a like a legal document here mm-hmm. and signified to be the seed which should bruise the serpent's head, and the lamb slain from the foundation of the world, being the same yesterday, today, and forever. And what they're talking about in this passage is that Christ's atonement, his, his, his meaning, then his atonement was for all of creation. Yeah. And so past, present, and future. And just like that is our hope, um, that Christ would, has atoned for our sin. So it was the hope. And, even in the Old Testament, they're looking forward to that hope. Yeah. Um, so in 1 Corinthians 4, 10, it says, We are fools for Christ's sake, but you are prudent in Christ. We are weak, but you are strong. You are distinguished, but we 
are without honor. This idea that it's for what Christ has done for us, for all humanity. Not that we can we can take on like, hey, you know, in the old covenant we did the work and we earned it, but rather like this was for for Christ for our good and Christ did it for us. So yeah, yeah, and and um, in section eight. It starts off by saying to all those for whom Christ hath obtained eternal redemption. So, and, and it goes on from there. But like the the thing that we want to pull out of that is that this mediation is not just for some of uh, some Christians. This is the only way you become a Christian is if Jesus has it serves as that mediator for you. And so, like we talk about. Um, Jesus being the meteor, mediator, the meteor. <laughs> Dude, he makes a splash, tell you what. Yeah, he does. <laughs> Jesus being the mediator. Yeah. Um, it's not just for a select few. It's for everyone who um, is a Christian. And it, and it's also, I mean, we say that inclusively for everyone who's a Christian, but we also say that exclusively for if you are not a Christian, then Jesus is not your mediator. You are going to have to bear the weight of your sin. You're going to have to pay that um the punishment for your sin, and because you have sinned against an eternal God, mm-hmm. your punishment will be eternal. Yeah. And so, if you're listening to this and you're not not a believer, then we would encourage you: Hey, you don't have to bear that punishment. Like, in order for your sin to be paid for perfectly, mm-hmm. then you need to suffer eternally because that's what the transgression against an eternal God demands. However, if you repent of your sin and trust in Jesus, then the eternal God who became man for us and perfectly lived out the law, so he was sinless, he was the only one who could serve as a perfect sacrifice, paid that penalty, took on the wrath of God, and then was resurrected as a way of God saying the the price is paid. Right. It's accepted. Yeah. It's now raised unto life. Yeah. And so for all those who do repent Sad of their sin and embrace Jesus, they will experience that resurrection of life. Yeah. I think it's hard... Um, sometimes to, to to realize the significance of this. And we'll talk about this when we wrap things up. But just that even this doctrine of mediator or this this understanding of Christ as mediator, um, that this has eternal significance. So Christ is our Savior. Big statement, yes. Under that, he's atoned for our sin. He is our mediator. He is our, our Lord. All these things fall because he is our Savior. So if we want to claim him, or if we truly believe he is our Savior, and that's the, the um, he has done a work in our lives, we're surrendering and following him, he is our Savior, then we also have to um, also follow him in what he's doing. Rob's taking a picture. I'm super distracted. <laughs> don't, don't be distracted. I can't. I just, the I've got to get cameras. some material for Instagram. I'm not great at this thing. I know. Let me take a picture because it's always me. Let me, let me get right, behind fine. that. Do your thing. But the, the idea that what I was saying was is you have to also understand or to better understand Christ as Savior is to better understand him as, as the atoning sacrifice and as our mediator, um, our eternal mediator. Yeah, no. Mediator. Not meteor. Mediator. 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 Okay, so um, there is a section here, section 9, that says this office of mediator between God and man is proper only to Christ who is the prophet, priest, and king of the church of God, and may not be either in whole or any part thereof transferred from him to any other. And so one of the things that we can pull out of that is that, hey, look, this this mediator 
Uh, okay, just take the picture. Stop, stop. <laughs> hey, I'm just doing this for instance. This, this mediator office that Christ holds, it encompasses prophet. So he is the word from God to his people. Priest, he is the one who serves, who does the perfect sacrifice so that sin can be atoned for. And king, he is the Lord of our lives. He is the only one who can hold that office. There is no portion of that that can be transferred in whole or any part thereof, is what the confession says, to anyone else. It's not that we can like, hey, okay, so the pastor, he's the one who really needs to be praying because he, he he's the one who can really mediate between us and God. Like, no, like you have equal access to God as the pastor. That's why we, I mean, that's why we disagree in a lot of ways with the Roman Catholic Church who would they confess their sins to their mediator, the priest. Like we say, no, like we all, for those who are in Christ, we all have equal access to God because we are all able to come before him ourselves through Christ and ask for forgiveness. We don't have to have a mediator. We don't have to have a priest that we confess our sins to because the one that we do confess our sins to is the Lord himself. Boom. Boom. A dig, bro. A you get dig. those pictures in? Got 15 of them posted on Stop Instagram. Stop it. Um, when you're picking your nose, it was kind of weird. That, that would be weird. Yeah, so in um, subsection 5 of the Westminster, the 1647 Westminster, it says, The Lord Jesus, by his perfect obedience and sacrifice of himself, which he, through the eternal spirit, once offered up to God, hath fully satisfied the justice of his Father, and purchased not only reconciliation, but an everlasting inheritance in the kingdom of heaven for all those whom the Father hath given to him. So for everyone in the world, right? The to whole world. All those whom the Father hath given to him. Yeah, but John 3.16 says that God so loved the world. Does it say God so loved the world he gave all to his son Christ? Because again, in, in, in John chapter 17, I don't know. The mic always gets in my way and talks with my hands. <laughs> when I get um, excited. <laughs> John 17, when, when Jesus is praying the high priestly prayer, he says, like, you have given me, mm. the ones you have given me, help me to glorify it, and that I may bring, present them blameless before you. Yeah. And so this is what Christ is saying. Okay, I'm fully in perfect obedience, sacrificing himself, submitting to the Father, so that he can redeem, reconcile, and bring everlasting life to those who, whom the Father has given to him. And we don't know who all that is. No. And so we can't go around saying, oh, you, you know, God's chosen you, and he hasn't chosen you, and you're in, you're out, you're in, you're out. But yeah. rather, all, pre- preaching the gospel to all man, all men, all mankind, and letting the Holy Spirit do the work of bringing those whom God has chosen uh, into the body of Christ and to be a part of the bride. Yeah, so... Um, thinking through this, head, hard hands. We try to do that with, with the various topics we talk about. So when it comes to Christ as our mediator, how should that inform our head, what we know? So kind of going back to what I said earlier about the, the big umbrella of, of Savior, right? So what's that mean that God, Jesus is our Savior? That's thrown around all the time. Well, part of that is he is our atonement. He's our atoning sacrifice. And then part of that is he's also our mediator. And that was for... He atoned for a moment in time for all of our sin, but he continues to be a mediator for us. So that that just 
cognitive understanding of, of Christ's position and role right now that that first Timothy two five passage he is the only mediator between mankind and Jesus Christ or between mankind and God is Jesus Christ. He is fulfilling that right now. So that understanding um, should influence how we think about Christ and in yeah. the Trinity. Yeah. Absolutely. So um, when it comes to our heart, there's a couple things. So um, our heart being like our emotions. And, and so the, the first thing is um, when it comes to this idea of Christ as mediator, the first thing is that it should bring us great comfort yes. knowing that we have a mediator because previously we were separated from God. But through Christ, we can now be brought back to God. And so when we sin, when we fall, when we need help, when we need comfort, when, I mean, we have access to God. And so we should feel comforted Mm -hmm. that the God of all creation has an ear that is lending itself to us through Christ. Second, it should give us boldness so that although now we have God's ear, mm-hmm. um, we should now approach the throne of grace with boldness. As Hebrews four sixteen says, I'm going to read that. Read it. Read it. It says, Therefore, let us approach the throne of grace with boldness so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in time of need. And so what Christ's work has done for his people is that his perfect righteousness we now get to wear, metaphorically speaking, and we get to approach the presence of God, the throne of God, and he welcomes us because we are seen as perfectly righteous, because we are in Christ who is perfectly righteous. And so therefore, God says, hey, look, I have purchased this for you. Don't take it for granted. Come to me boldly. Come to me like with comfort, knowing that I am for you. Sometimes we, we can approach it and and yes we want to have like a healthy fear of god healthy reverence for god we don't want to go to the other end of the spectrum where jesus is my homeboy that's not a that's not an honorable way to approach the lord however we also don't want to go to the other side where we are so timid that we have little confidence in what christ has actually accomplished for us right so right. we have the right, by God's grace, for what Jesus has done, to approach him with boldness. Read the Psalms. I mean, the, right. the Psalms are, are super honest right. in, in, like, some awkward yeah. ways because they, they know, like, hey, I can approach God boldly. I think it's, it's also, because this is the, the struggle, I think, for most Christians. Um, so I started reading a book, J.I. Packer's famous book, Knowing, Knowing God. God. And he starts out talking about the story where he was, um, I'm going to probably butcher the whole story or whatever, but the point was he was in a situation and he knew someone who was trying to, was a part of a ministry and, and was on a, in cooperation with other ministries or whatever. And he was trying to get something done or moved and, and like the board or whatever, like pretty much shut this guy down. So this guy and J.I. Packer are like walking away and the guy says, well, it's okay. I don't know about them, but at least I know who God is. I'm not sure they do. Sounds like it's really cocky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then J.I. Packer goes on to talk about like, but this person was so confident that they knew who God was. Yeah. And and he he was like, okay, yeah, maybe this maybe the guy was being arrogant, all that stuff. But all that aside, like, what if we had that kind of confidence? Like, like I, I know who Jesus is, not just on paper. I know like his 
how it all works out by systematic theology or whatever. But like I have experienced a personal relationship, intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. Yeah. And as you as you have that, that out of that grows your desire to to hate sin and all those things and to, to become more like Christ. But it's hard because if you're not pursuing that relationship with Christ, not just head knowledge, but genuine heart knowledge, yeah. it can be hard um, to begin to, to walk out these things with, with genuine humility and, and honestness. Yeah. Honestness? Is that a Honesty. word? Honesty. Honesty. I like it. Honestness? Yeah, sure. <laughs> so, uh, I don't think that's a word. Anyway, when it comes to our hands, look it up, man. Um, we recognize that Jesus is our mediator. However, Bonhoeffer has a great quote in his book, Cost of Discipleship. It's on page 98 in our discipleship group. We're going through this uh, as guys. And so um, I just read this and just loved it. But he points out the fact that the only way that we're reconciled to God is through Jesus, right? We've, we've covered that in this episode. However, he also points out the fact that um, the most effective way to reach others is by asking our mediator to mediate on their behalf as well. Yeah. So I'm going to read this this quote by Bonhoeffer. It says, We are separated from one another by an unbridgeable gulf of otherness and strangeness, which resists all our attempts to overcome it by means of natural association or emotional or spiritual union. There is no way from one person to another. However, no, however loving and sympathetic we try to be, however sound our psychology, however frank and open our behavior, we cannot penetrate the incognito of the other man, for there are no direct relationships, not even between soul and soul. Christ stands between us, and we can only get into touch with our neighbors through him. That is why intercession is the most promising way to reach our neighbors and corporate prayer offered in the name of Christ, the purest form of fellowship. Amen. So it just goes to show that if you want to reach your neighbor who doesn't know who doesn't know Jesus, who hasn't embraced the gospel, the best way that you can do that is by asking our mediator Jesus to mediate on their behalf. We still have to step out and take steps of obedience. Bonhoeffer in the same book talks about how only those who believe obey, and he says on the inverse, only those who obey believe. He said you can't have one without the other. Only those who believe obey, and only those who obey believe. And so, yes, the the most effective way is by spending time in prayer and asking our mediator to mediate on their behalf as well, but the way that he may do that is by using you to go over and share the gospel with them. So we need to also be obedient. Preach it, brother. Preach it. I, I think it's it's good that we there's there's a dual emphasis because we like to make it one or the other. We like to say, okay, that's the Lord's work. Lord, go do it. I'm just gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the glory. <laughs> I'll give you the praise. Yeah. Go do your thing, Lord. Um, and there's there's a truth to that. But the other side, like we can be like, hey, like I gotta go when this person's to the Lord. The person to the Lord, I gotta be so convincing and have the right arguments or whatever. And that's also fault. I mean, there's truth to it there. You do have to go and put effort and be obedient because that's what the Lord's after is obedience and the faithfulness um, from you to him. And what that looks like is you sharing the gospel with those around you. But you, it, he has to be in the midst. He has to 
to be working, and that's where you see Kim as the mediator. Yeah, yeah. So uh, just as a side note before I forget, that whole thing that we were talking about where God or where Jesus being 100% God and 100% man, if you want to read further into that, I would encourage you to check out the Rob Chalcedonian. Oh. Yeah, no. Check out the Chalcedonian Creed. Yeah. Okay, this this happened in 451. They were addressing this issue as a church because whenever creeds or confessions come up, it's because somebody is going off on a different route than what than what historically Christianity has said, and so they need to make a, a public statement about, no, we disagree with that, and now we're publicly stating this is what we agree with. And so this this took place in the 5th century, 451 AD, uh, so you could check out the Chalcedonian Creed and just read through that. It, should, it shouldn't take you terribly long. It's just a fairly brief creed. So check that out. But maybe we can even link to that in the show notes if we remember. Hey, man, I'll try to do that when I do the show notes. <laughs> yeah, thanks for doing those. Yeah. Um, but do check out our website. You can find the show notes there, and we should have some new picks up there. You can actually see so. Rick's face and, and mine. Rick's looking handsome in his pick, so. That's right. I, it took me three hours to do my hair before this thing, and I picked my outfit out. That was just really stressful. <laughs> I'm sure it was. Uh, no, Rob just like, hey, we're going to take pictures today. Yeah, what literally happened. Rick showed up and like, hey. Come over here. You gotta take a picture real quick. I've got a new new phone. So it's the it's the iPhone. Does the uh, yeah, whole like portrait yeah. mode. So I'm like, hey, there you go. Rob's just it'll a cutting do. edge man. Uh, a couple things I want to say before we jump off of here. One, Doctor Phil um, is he's got a PhD. <laughs> Make sure we get that in there. Yeah, I just want to say he does have a PhD. Doctor Phil is a doctor from the University of North Texas um, in clinical psychology. Is it an honorary PhD? No, it's uh, a real one. Ravi, 1976. Hey, come on, Ravi. <laughs> also. Um, this is a, a small source. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. It's called um, Merriam-Webster. They have a little book called a Dictionary. Oh. And um, honestness is a word. Honesty is? Honestness. I know honesty is a word. <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> Merriam-Webster. How many different dictionaries did you check before? None. Okay. I, don't, I don't need to. <laughs> okay. I didn't know if you were like, oh, I didn't see it. In no. Nope. Merriam-Webster. It's a standard. All right. Well, hey, we appreciate you guys always tuning in. Um, uh, we do really appreciate your reviews, your um, five-star reviews, also your, uh, your well, that's a rating, right? Yeah, that's a rating. And then your reviews. Yeah. When you guys are Seriously, thank you, guys. Things. We're always so encouraged when we read those. Oh, my. And just get, we get emails. We haven't read them in a while. We should read some we of them. We got new voicemails? I don't think so. Dude, you, I wonder if You guys that, have slowed down a little bit on the voicemails, so. I wonder if that Dan guy um, is still listening. I don't know. The, the, I don't know. So, someone someone approached me, and, and they said, yeah, he, he seemed a little sensitive. I yeah. was like, oh. Yeah. I, well, <laughs> well, maybe. So now you're insulting him. Yeah, I'm not great. trying to. I'm not great. trying to insult now, you, Dan. Dan. You're a great guy. Thank you're still you. listening. Thanks for leaving us a voicemail. I apologize. Just for stop Rob. being so sensitive. Dan, if you're still listening, please call back and leave another voicemail. <laughs> About dirty hipsters. <laughs> About whatever you want, Dan. All right. Appreciate you guys. As hey, always, if check they, us if out on hey, If they do want to... Reach out to us. What's the number? Uh, six one four. Go two, ahead. Two two three three. <laughs> what is it? two two three three? Is that how the number two, system works? What is there a nine? Are we called on a walkie talkie? <laughs> <laughs> little time boy reference. What is there? Um, Rob, I don't know. Do you need me to do it? Six one four, two three three, ten ninety eight. Just like your tax forms. Six one four two three three ten ninety eight. Leave us a voicemail. Um, Are you disappointed we, that I didn't have that memorized? You love not really. <laughs> Not really, Rick. Rick. You um, don't disappoint me anymore on this thing. <laughs> I just realized I'm I'm doing the work. You're here. You're 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 putting in the content into the mic, so I'm happy. 
And you, and you look your, good in your picture. Your standard is so low. All right, but we do appreciate you guys. You can call us at 614-266. No! 233. <laughs> Two threes add up to six. 233-1098. <laughs> Two, three, three, That's right. Uh, that's 614-233-1098. You can see us on um, Instagram at Simple Theology Pod. You can also hit us on any social media at hashtag Simple Theology. Simple Rob, Theology Pod. On all, what if it's not? Okay, yeah. Simple, hashtag Simple Theology hashtag. Pod. What's the hashtag again? It's been a while. Number seven. Um, you guys can hit up Rob Kane on Twitter at Why you? Rob Kane underscore, nope. I think. Nope. At, oh, I am Rob. Nope. <laughs> it's Robert Kane underscore, but we don't have that at the. Robert you don't have to Kane. say that every time. No, I'm trying, to, to, pump, say I'm trying to pump your platform. Oh, maybe. yeah, because I have such a big um, one and I need to grow it. We'll leave that there. No, just kidding, but we do appreciate you guys. And uh, hey, tune in next week to hear Rob. And Rick. And Rick. Likely. Lord willing. Maybe not. We'll see. All right. All right. Peace Bye. out, y'all. <laughs>